0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. I held
1: a burp in that whole time.
0: I'm very impressed.
1: <laughs> it just sounded so exasperated just now. <laughs> You sounded not impressed I'm like, at all. You're just like, fucking mad again with your burps again. Like, God, leave my fucking closet.
0: Um, I wouldn't well, blame you. This, I, no, you can stay here. <laughs> burps, burps are fine.
1: We're having champagne. I know. Oh, my God. Okay. You guys, I am so excited about this topic. I find it so fascinating. You clicked on it. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about harmful beauty trends. Dangerous
0: beauty trends. So uh, some of this stuff we've already talked about, like for instance, I don't think we're gonna go deeply into corsetry. I didn't write
1: anything about corsets um,
0: or you know, uh, hair removal, necessarily, um, just because we've had topics um, that cover those. Yeah,
1: if you haven't heard it, go back, listen to them.
0: Yeah, our underwear episode, we talk about the dangers of wearing corsets. We talk about body hair and our body hair episode and body hair removal. So unless there's a particularly dangerous way of removing body hair, which there is, Oh, and yeah. I will talk about. Yeah. But in general, the other things, of course, wax can be dangerous and we yeah. do it anyway. Uh, but we won't touch as much on things like that. Yes. So whenever I was growing up, usually when my grandma was braiding my hair. Yeah. And it hurt a lot, mm-hmm. um, she would say the very common expression. Pain, pain is, is beauty. beauty. Pain is beauty. Yep. And, my mom would say that to me, too. And it's true in a lot of ways. I mean, I still wear high heels. I wear outfits that are uncomfortable. I do it of my own volition because I like looking a certain way. Yeah. Um, there's zero wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, and, of course... It's just how much pain. <laughs> yes. And, and, of course, we'll get into the... Dangers of things like high heels, because they aren't good for you. Yeah. Uh, they're bad for your bones. They're bad for your body. But the modern things that we do in general
1: as in beauty In comparison. Parents,
0: <laughs> in comparison to what women of um, previous
1: decades Especially did... Especially the Victorian era. My
0: goodness. The Victorian era, as well as the Elizabethan era... Yeah. ...really take the cake as far as just, like, some
1: wild shit... I just remember my mom always telling me that line what very similar to you, but I'm sure not as tight. When I would get ready for skating competitions, and she would put these, like, not legit cornrows, but that's what we call them. She would twist sections of the top of my hair and then stick a bobby pin in. And I swear to God, she would break skin. She would just dig, dig those it in so it doesn't go anywhere. In there because I would have to wear them through an entire weekend. And then I'd have curlers in my ponytail and have to sleep with all of that. And I would just be like, ow, oh, ow. Oh, it hurts it hurts and she'd be like pain is beauty or yeah and yeah, I would just that's be like right. what um and now whenever I braid her hair I can be going so delicately and she'll be like ow ow I'm, and I'm like payback's pay a bitch mom <laughs> like... so uh, yeah I mean
0: and while some of these trends did affect men there are some trends here that did affect men in general the beauty industry markets to women yeah Not exclusively, but by and large, women are the number one consumers of beauty products. Yeah. Um. And so, in general, most of these beauty trends, because we were always trying to make ourselves look as desirable as possible, to men. To men, because our um worth was wrapped up in our physical appearance. And
1: you know what? That biological clock is ticking, Keegan.
0: Yeah. And uh, far far more than men. Men were able to um express themselves. In different ways. And that is true
1: today. Prove, Men are silver foxes when they're old. Yeah, they're you able know?
0: to prove their worth in different ways. And yeah. you can argue that that's not necessarily fair either. Um, but for the purposes of this episode, they didn't experience as many negative side effects of some of the wild shit we put ourselves through. Yeah, what do you want to start with, Keegan? Oh, I mean, the first thing on my list is... Arsenic. Arsenic was used in the 1800s to create a clear and pale complexion. You will see a running theme throughout this list, and a lot of them were used to get pale skin. Yep. A lot of them to get were used to get pale skin, and yep. for a variety of reasons, uh, but generally because paleness was wrapped up in worth and oftentimes class, because yes. it meant you weren't out in the sun working. Yeah. So arsenic kills red blood cells in the body. So it naturally does improve skin's tone, and it whitens skin. So it it was very successful. Women would start using arsenic, which is a poison, (laughs) on their skin, and and they did see improvements pretty immediately. They would take it in small doses to build up a tolerance, but if they discontinued suddenly... From using the product, their skin would deteriorate quickly, forcing Mm -hmm. them to continue using it. So it was kind of like an addiction. addiction. You had to keep using it or else it got worse. Yeah. (laughs) I loved this. There was a advertisement of the time in the 19th century that said, "Dr. McKenzie's improved harmless arsenic complexion wafers will produce the most lovely complexion that the imagination could desire, clear, fresh, free from blotch, blemish, coarseness, redness, freckles or pimples." And it was one but of the most <laughs> it was one of the
1: most uh, popular beauty pills of the 19th century. Yeah. Um arsenic was also used as a dye for everything from curtains to dresses. It was a green dye, which they called Paris green. And doctors started noticing that those who wore these dresses started dying early. Uh, the pigment would slowly release arsenic into the skin, causing sores, scabs, diarrhea, headaches, and eventually led to cancer, which I'm like, that sounds great. It's like, would you hear any of those, um, commercials? For, like, right, they're like, doesn't you want this product? And then they list off all of the side effects. All of the thing. horrible things. It's like sores, scabs, diarrhea. It's like, I don't want to live that life. Right.
0: Um, uh, you could also expect to get vomiting, internal bleeding, hair loss, blindness, convulsing,
1: and of course, death. Yep. So another way that people would lighten their complexion was by using lead face paint. That's right. Which was a really
0: popular one in the Elizabethan, Elizabethan era. Yep. All so of they the had,
1: portraits that you see of her. She's
0: full lead on the face. Full lead. And so, yeah. So lead Elizabethan era, arsenic was moving from like the 1800s into the 1920s. Yes.
1: So... Painting your face to have a white complexion, like you said, was a symbol of wealth and beauty, while tanned skin was a symbol of low social class. So if you wanted to appear to be richer than you are, which now I'm like, do I look rich because I'm poor? <laughs> um, you would paint your face with lead paint. It is obviously toxic. and would also include headaches, hair loss, stomach problems, paralysis, and even death. And that's just the thing, is it's like, there are so many things that when I look at these old techniques like beauty techniques. I'm like, that's crazy. If it caused death, why would you ever use it? Like if you started noticing this. But now like that I've read some of the more recent beauty techniques and I'm seeing how they can also lead to death or blindness and things like that. I'm like, just just watch
0: one of those like excessive um plastic surgery TV shows, and you're like, oh, okay, like, you don't care if you're going to die, or you can't breathe, or you can't eat anything because your lips are so full of filler, you don't care, because you want to look a certain way, Um, you know, so to some extent, I, I get it, and also... These people get a little bit more of a pass because they had no real understanding of how yeah. bad it was for them and what the... And, and you know what, to, to their credit, in a lot of these cases, um, when people did start to realize how bad it was for them, yeah. they stopped doing it. Yeah. So... Lead was also used by the ancient Romans as a foundation and a rouge and it was also used by ancient Egyptians in the uh, coal around their eyes yeah so they would mix lead uh, with other products to create that dark eyeliner that the ancient Egyptians are so had
1: popularized there was something there was like a a stone or something that I remember T got his first week of First grade, because he has this thing called treasure box. So every Friday, they have a certain amount of beads. They can like buy things from the treasure box and bring it home. And they and he got this like blue. Stone that apparently um, Cleopatra would use to like crush down and use for like blue eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, cool. and I think they also used
0: scarab beetles or some beetle that they would also like yeah. uh, grind down. And but they they oftentimes mixed it with lead. And so imagine putting something essentially a lead based paint. Yeah, which we're not even allowed to use in apartment buildings anymore. Yeah. Um, and they would use that in. Something that would go so close to their eye.
1: Yeah, my mom used to use something weird too with eyeliner, where she would like burn. It would be like ash. Oh, I used she to would use with water.
0: I used to burn my eyeliner. Yeah, lot, but yeah, I mean old school
1: eyeliner and old school mascara. But it wasn't even that. She would have. I, I'm gonna have to ask her because I, I can't remember what it was. But it, that just sparked my memory. But I do know someone who um, warms their colored pencils and uses that as eyeliner. Oh, I don't that's not safe. I know. Don't put that shit near your eye. No, don't do it.
0: Um after repeated use of white lead uh, used to whiten the skin the skin would slowly begin to rot away and it would leave scars mm. which then needed to be covered up by more makeup so it was kind of this endless cycle. cycle um and it would of course peel the complexion but it led to you you listed some of the side effects some of the other side effects were also miscarriage and oh um, memory loss and paralysis. The use of lead diminished in the late 1700s after the death of several aristocrats were linked to the toxin. So to their credit, (laughs) I mean, they did use it for like 200 years, but once they were into the 1700s and several people started dying, who were of high status, they were like, wait. Right, someone smart was like, what do they all have in common? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you
1: know? Well, while we're on the topic of makeup, let's start talking about some radioactive makeup. Oh, absolutely. Should we talk about it? Let's talk about oh it. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Okay, so radium was supposed to have health benefits for the skin, apparently. Uh, Madame Curie discovered radium in 1898. Fun fact. It was commonly used in cosmetics in France, and a popular brand was called Tho This line included perfumes, creams facial powder, and lipstick, all containing thorium chloride and radium. So, yeah, Marie Curie
0: discovered radium in 1898. By 1918, they were using it as a beauty product. And, I mean, in fairness, I guess, question mark, it did seemed to provide a glow and it did <laughs> seem it did it was radi- it know, was literally like, radioactive you were radioactive yeah. you were glowing yeah and it did um cure things like eczema
1: and yeah. acne because you're putting a fucking harsh chemical on your skin i mean have you ever used like a clinical strength acne product on your skin yes i have it's intense well, like it's really
0: intense well or i think about it like if I'm cleaning my bathtub with bleach and I'm I don't have gloves on, like that feeling that like happens to your fingers when yeah. you've been like exposing them to chemicals yeah. for that long. Um I, I can't imagine. And we know what what radium does. Yeah. Like anytime you go, like if you if you go to the dentist and you get an x-ray of your mouth, yeah. they literally put a lead like vest over your body to protect, to your protect your you from x-rays and these women were voluntarily spending up to 20 hours exposed to radiation over 10 to 20 treatments and beauty parlors did not require a license to perform these procedures oh my gosh they also used radiation to remove unwanted body hair that was yeah. another uh another thing they used radiation which i can for. totally
1: see why they would think that those would Go together. That why they would use that. They they said that it was supposed to energize their skin, which I'm like, why are we energizing our skin? Where does you it want to look go? youthful? You same- don't want
0: to look. It's the same thing when I
1: see like caffeinated face washes, I'm like, why am I what?
0: Well, because from what I hear, it's the same reason why like you if you have cellulite, you can use um you can make like an exfoliation out of coffee grounds. Okay. Because it does something it does like energize the like cells or whatever. Okay. And it makes your skin look less dull. Like less like tired.
1: Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Um, well, this often caused vomiting, anemia, internal bleeding, and cancer. A lot of this has to do with cancer. Yes. Uh, Boy! And oftentimes death. I yeah. mean, if
0: you think about uh, what any time people have been exposed to... There was a thing when I was reading about old-timey Hollywood one time, and... There was a film that had uh, been... I think John Wayne was in it, and other people were in it, and it was shot on a chemical testing, a nuclear testing spot yeah. here in California. And something like 50 members of the cast and crew ended up dying of oh cancer. and Because they were exposed to this leftover radiation that oh was gosh. still existing on this like nuclear spot for so long. So you can develop cancer from having been exposed to radiation for a very yeah. short period of time. Do
1: you know about the guy who was originally supposed to be the Tin Man? Do you know that oh, story? yeah, because his, Buddy his was paint, in, right? It was aluminum dust. So... Uh, Jack Haley, who plays the Tin Man in the movie that we've all seen, they used aluminum paste, but with Buddy Ebsen they used aluminum dust, which would get into his nose and all that kind of stuff. But either way, like, don't put aluminum-based no, products in your No, people just didn't know. Yeah, I mean, um, the whole movie, the whole costume department and makeup department is so flawed. You're like, how did anyone get away with Yeah, I it? mean, it's
0: just like, I don't know. You You think that when you're going through, when I was doing the research or the prep for this episode, you think about those things. But it's just genuinely, people just didn't know. They yeah. didn't understand the way that chemicals work in the same way that we understand now. Yeah. So all they knew was like, hey, I put this on a zit and then and the I'm, zit goes away. And I'm it sure works. there
1: wasn't a whole lot of like legit testing. Either. Right,
0: right. It definitely wasn't like a, a thing where it had to be run through, you know, FDA or whatever. Yeah. Well, just since we were talking about radiation, another thing that could help get rid of blemishes and freckles kind of the same way that radiation did. I want
1: more freckles. Was
0: mercury. Yes. Now freckles are popular. But I mean I
1: have them but I want more.
0: At the time. Not popular.
1: Didn't Lindsay Lohan get hers removed?
0: It looks like she did. She yeah. had a lot as a kid.
1: I know, but it's so cute. It also
0: would be hard to get rid of freckles. I feel like, yeah, um, short of using lasers. Yeah, which are probably another one that could be seen as a harmful. Yeah, user.
1: people getting laser hair removal. Oh, I'm I sure definitely
0: want to get laser hair removal. I know, but like
1: years from now, think of like it's exactly what right. Could possibly come out of that. You That's know? exactly
0: right. I'm gonna let it go for another few years so they can really perfect it. Just like hair plugs. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, want to yeah. get in on the ground floor on no, that. No, no, you no, want to no. wait until they've developed it. And now, now hair plugs look great. One hundred percent. So, mercury. So, you know that shit... Well, probably a lot of our listeners don't know because I think a lot of our listeners are younger. Uh, but back in the day, my grandma used to have an old school thermometer yep. that had mercury in it. It was like a mercury liquid. Yeah. Um, and it, it was... I always thought it was so pretty because it was like this silvery liquid. Yeah. But it's very dangerous. Yes. Um, So, mercury was oftentimes linked with other cosmetics. In 18th century France, it wasn't considered healthy to wash, so women would often paint their faces with white lead makeup, and then they would layer on top of it a red streak of blush... And the blush was made out of a thing called cinnabar, which is a mercury sulfide compound.
1: Oh, you're going to say cinnabun.
0: <laughs> cinnabar. <laughs> it was a, a compound that was genuinely used... In like pottery, it was like a red yes. a red compound that was genuinely generally used in pottery. Yeah. So even through the thick lead makeup, mercury was easily absorbed into the bloodstream. Yeah. And caused peeling peeling of skin, discoloration, thus exasperating the need for more lead makeup. Yeah. As we said before, damage to the neurological system, mm-hmm. loss of hair, teeth, and nails, high blood pressure, kidney failure, birth defects, and death.
1: Then you're gonna be less pretty, guys.
0: That's ex- if you're <laughs> dead. Oh. Maybe you'll be a very pretty corpse. I don't know.
1: Or if your skin is peeling off and you have no teeth. Also true. Um, But here, (laughs) I'm not saying that if your skin is peeling off and you have no teeth, that you're not beautiful. But I'm just saying that's not the look they were going for. They weren't
0: going for for that. Here's a fun fact that I learned about mercury. Mercury was also used to line hats in the 18th and 19th centuries in England. That's going right to your brain. And prolonged exposure to the chemical caused symptoms similar to madness, thus leading to the phrase "mad as a
1: hatter" <gasps> or the Mad Hatter from Alice in How do we not cover Wanderling. that in our uh, what was the title of that episode? Our "Madness and Women" episode, our hysterical women episode. Well, because well, I don't know because it didn't come up in, in my research. Didn't but in my gen- either. generally
0: hat makers people who worked in hat stores yeah. were men so it, it more often happened for men but that's how the phrase like mad as a hatter and then that's where it came from in alice in yep. wonderland the mad hatter was because that was kind of like a common trope because they were exposed to mercury my mind is
1: blown right yeah now. i know my mind is blown fascinating just the blush reminded me of so you've seen gone with the wind right Yes, you know how she like pinches her cheeks. Yes, when I was younger and before my mom really like let me wear makeup, she taught me that trick that if I wanted to mm-hmm. have rosy cheeks, pinch to them. Pinch my cheeks. You could
0: also hold your head between your knees. Because it, like, rushes all the blood to yes. your face. Yes. I feel like
1: my whole... I'm so pale, I feel like my whole face would your whole red. Your whole face. Yeah, it wouldn't be cute. But I That's just, funny. like, remember, my mom is one of those people that, like, even today, she has to put blush on before... I mean, not before she leaves the house, before she goes anywhere where she wants to be presentable. That's cute. And she's always like, you didn't put any blush on? I'm like... No. I feel like it's become less of a thing. I, like, I still use blush, but it's
0: definitely not, like, the main part of my makeup routine. Yeah, I used you know? to have
1: this, like, it was the NARS brand. I had, like, a stick. Orgasm? Oh, the stick. It was orgasm. Yeah. It was. And I would put that on my cheeks and, like, rub it in real good. But then after I would rub it in, my whole face would turn red, so it would take a few minutes. But I really liked that. But I don't own blush, I don't think. Like, I don't wear it very I, often. I do,
0: but I don't wear it very this often. That's one thing
1: my mom all, Did you put blush on?
0: That's so funny. Sorry,
1: Mom. I'm calling you out a lot this episode. My bad.
0: No, you're not calling her out. That's just a difference in... It's a generational difference. Yeah, In, totally. in beauty trends. It totally. really is.
1: Can I talk about the one that was really fascinating to me? Yes. Okay. Teeth painting. Oh, yes. Yes. So we have a few on our list that are specific to certain cultures. Yes. And this is one of those. This is one of them. And I had never heard of it before. And it was not what I was originally thinking. I thought it was going to be like a teeth whitening thing. But in fact, it is the, the exact... Opposite opposite so in southern parts of china pacific islands japan southeast asia black teeth were a symbol of health beauty and high status in the early 200s yes
0: there are some interesting health. like i've seen paintings well it was see, because there's a picture i found Did you I, see i've the seen the, picture? the pictures oh my god but there it, it's because it preserved the teeth and having like strong healthy teeth was a thing, and yeah. so, uh, which is funny because I'm about to flip it and go the opposite of that. But having strong, healthy teeth was important. So putting this lacquer over your teeth kept them from
1: rotting. But it's so bizarre because, like in today's time, it's like you want your teeth as white, white as they as can as possibly possible. be, mm-hmm. and these people, as a status symbol, are painting their teeth black. And the tooth blackening was known as. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say this wrong, but it looks like oraguru in japan and you would drink iron-based black dye you would drink it and they would sometimes add cinnamon to the resin to reduce the chemical taste oh well it was, good and it was banned in 1870 we're talking 280 to 1870 yeah man whoa. that shit's persistent whoa so, kind of, let's stay on
0: uh, teeth for let's a moment. Let's do it. Let's just so, talk about teeth. While black teeth were seen, um, were used generally to protect the teeth because having strong teeth was seen as healthy. That I can understand. I can totally understand that. Even yeah. though I'm like, I, 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 we are so accustomed to thinking of having pearly whites, very white teeth. So, which
1: actually kind of hurts your teeth. And it also do- it enamel. can
0: break down your enamel if you if you do it too much. Yeah. They did the, a similar thing in Elizabethan times, sometimes, but for the opposite reason. Mm. So, rotten teeth were a popular beauty trend in the Elizabethan era in England because only rich people could afford sugary foods. So, if you had rotten teeth, it meant that you could afford—you were wealthy enough to be able to feed your family non-essential food items. So, describe like, my sugar—it's—it's right it's concern. It's confusion.
1: Um, I'm like rotten teeth. So yeah, I would fit in great. I've got my yellow tooth. Your teeth are too good. We, They're too n- good. Have you seen this tooth? It's it's Ugh. not it's not rotten Guys, enough. For... I have no enamel on one of my teeth and it is yellow <laughs> and I hate it. So I don't smile with my teeth anymore. The I I don't even notice. I honestly everyone says that and I'm so I can't. I don't care if you don't notice. I know it's there and I have a little circle on this tooth from a cap. It's bad. I don't like it.
0: Moving on. So the lower classes wanted to make it seem like they could afford sugary foods as well. So they would specifically let their teeth rot. And sometimes they would blacken their teeth on purpose using harsh chemicals very similar to the Japanese tradition uh, to make their teeth look like they were rotting. It's just
1: this whole thing, just the whole fitting into a status or fitting into a certain, like, group. We've not evolved in that way at all. All, because we're going to talk about some things that are more modern harmful beauty trends, which is exactly the same way. You don't have the money for a dietician or you don't have money for plastic surgery. Right. The lengths that people will go to to appear to be higher status than they really are or to have more money than they really do is so harmful. Fit <laughs> would be one of those. You're just gonna shit all day, you guys. Um, don't buy it. Yeah. Fit Tea it's, would be one of those. If it's, you really want to do that all day, just go to, go to the drugstore and get some Miralax. Put that shit in your coffee. But don't do that. No. Don't. Trust me. From personal experience, you will shit the bed. Don't do
0: it. <laughs> but, I mean, th- I think that that is a lot of what that is. Like, people wanting to use these, um, like Fit teas or these things that are kind of like on Instagram. All these Instagram models are using yeah. these things and making well, you believe. are using these things. Saying that they're using them, but they're promoting the use of them and making you believe, if I use those, I'm going to look like her. Um, yeah. Yeah, so laxatives in the form of, that that would be a modern harmful beauty trend, which is basically yeah. laxative in, laxatives in the form
1: of lollipops or tea. Yeah. Just avoid, avoid. Yeah, that was a big thing with my eating disorder that I learned, and it, it permanently fucks with you, you guys. I gotta say, like, it took my body a long time to be able to work properly without laxatives i had to like ease myself off of them just don't get it started i know we're going a little bit off topic no no it's no but it's, it's not off topic we're because jump, we're jumping way ahead but um just don't do it like i i swear it's such a, a nasty nasty habit to get into and it fucks up your body so much just don't do it it
0: does So, if we want to keep talking a little bit about cultural differences. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to make a distinction here. We're talking about teeth blackening, what I'm going to talk about, and then I've got a couple other things on this list. There are things on this list that, yes, they are dangerous beauty trends, but they are also, they hold a cultural significance to people. Yes. Um, so we're not trying to be insensitive in talking no. about these things. We're just but talking about the ways that they're harmful. They're, they were harmful, and, yeah. you know, we need to discuss that. So, mm-hmm. on that note, foot binding. Yes. Gotta talk about foot binding. Yes. I remember reading, I read, um, what was it? I read some book where they detailed... Foot binding, like binding your feet.
1: Well, no, because
0: Memoirs of a Geisha* is Japanese. I read, I read one that um, God, I can't remember. They made a movie out of it. If I can remember, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, spew it out. But I read this book, and it was like they detailed the process of like they followed her from when she was like a child, and they detailed the process of binding feet, and it lives in my memory as something so horrifying, where the older women would come in to a girl who's maybe, like, six or seven. typically between the ages of four and nine. And bend your toes back... Till they break. Till they break. Till they break. And then make you walk on them. So, continuing to crack and break your bones until... And, and then bind them for however long, yeah. change your bandages until your feet were completely like
1: misshaped. Yeah, they, the, the hove shape was what was ideal. And it was
0: done as a, a it, honestly, there's a very good episode of Stuff You Should Know about all about foot binding, and it tells you the origins of how this started. So while it yeah. became something that was very cultri- culturally significant, it started because one king was like... Yeah. I have a foot fetish, and it I was, think
1: small feet are hot. Yeah, it was traced back to the time of Emperor Li Yu and was inspired by court dancer Yao Yang, who bound her feet into the shape of a new moon and performed a ballet-like dance on the points of her feet. Yeah, and he was like, small feet, turn me on. And yeah. then it
0: became a thing that was done to girls. For it was so long. Torture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was
1: done to girls for centuries. Yeah, and they were seen, it was seen to be more beautiful. It was something that you did with your children to ensure, you good know, good breeding, good family.
0: Yeah. You could literally elevate your, your entire family status. Yeah. Um, by having, you could go from having a low family status to marrying into a, uh, a, an upper family just by having beaut- perfect tiny feet but it's
1: also they discuss this uh like hoof shape
0: yes. and i'm like that's not cute that's you, but not what it you didn't want. matter
1: because you put them in these like little yeah. slippers yeah and they really they do they look like hooves when they're in these slippers it looks like almost horse feet they're so small that it's unbelievable
0: so foot binding was practiced for more than 1,000 years yeah. until 1912 when the New Republic of China saw the practice as backward and it pre- because it prevented women from working. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that it was backward in the fact that it prevented women from being mobile.
1: Yeah, or um, that it was
0: hurting children. Or that it was hurting people because it was a big problem all these women who had their feet bound whenever there was any kind of like upset in china and people had to like move and like walk long distances on their yeah. own women would oftentimes not be able to walk long distances yeah. they they were permanently Deformed for yeah. life, and so while it was outlawed in China in 1912, the practice, the t- tradition, continued in small provinces throughout uh, China until the 1950s. Wow! So people continued to do it because it was such a deep, it was a cultural tradition yeah. that that people did, and they still saw it as a beautiful thing. Of course, um, it, it would be
1: hard for have, to have one person or one government tell you one thing and then have to completely switch it to another thing. Like, that takes time for it right. to go away. So along those lines, do you want to talk a little bit about neck extension? Oh, sure. Or do you have anything else that you feel like would be a little bit more... Um, No, I... In line with that. No, perfect. Okay, so since we're talking about things that are uh, very much tied to a culture, let's talk a little bit about neck extension. So having a long neck was seen as a sign of beauty by the Cayenne people of Burma. They would start wearing neck rings as early as the age of two. They would eventually place a high amount of pressure on the clavicles or your collarbone, causing them to deform, and that would create the impression of a longer neck. So I always had the idea that your neck was physically growing, but really it was putting pressure on, like, your collarbone and your shoulders that was giving the impression of that really, really long neck.
0: And, you know, while I find—I actually do find, like, images of this to be, like, so, like, beautiful. They are. But it looks so— So uncomfortable. Oh, I
1: remember seeing them in, uh, like, textbooks in school and just being very, very shocked seeing it for the first time. But at the same time, there is... I can kind of see where they're coming from. There is something about like it's very, it looks graceful. It's poised, you have right? That long neck, and if you look at like mannequins, even they typically have very, very long, thin, necks. long necks. Yeah, the way that like people draw people are typically, well, I, yeah. I think, necks. It, I think it. I
0: think it gives the illusion of grace. It makes yeah. you look really graceful. Um, but I always did when you watch these kind of like I think I watched like a Nat Geo documentary at one point, and the way they are forced to move because they can't move their necks looks, yeah. So painful. I actually also saw one uh, where a modern woman was doing that. I think she was from England, and she was Uh adding rings to her neck. And her family members were like, don't do it. Yeah. Because it's incredibly bad for you. It's so bad Because if you you. ever decide you want to take those rings off, it's a a body modification. You can do whatever you want to your own body. I feel, like, fine. Um, But if you ever decide to take those rings off your head is not going to be supported. No,
1: it is permanent damage. Like it will permanently deform your body. I mean that, and that's kind of what my mom told me about gauges. Right. Like, if you ever gauge, want to Like you're not going to go back. Yeah, you have to get
0: surgery essentially yeah. if you ever want to fix it and it's never yeah. going to be the same.
1: Yeah, I was very I thought I found it very funny that nowadays people of that culture will only wear them to amuse tourists to let them get pictures with like the giraffe woman really yeah they'll wear them not like the real ones they'll wear like an accessory similar interesting to kind of like amuse tourists that are there i thought that was kind of funny interesting yeah
0: okay do we want to talk about the thing that i always think about when i think about harmful beauty trends and is one of the things that made me want to do this episode yeah fucking belladonna (gasps) <gasps>
1: yes. Bella
0: fascinated me mm-hmm. growing up it was one of those things I think I maybe saw a movie or something that featured it and but what
1: a beautiful baby name
0: belladonna. I know, I think that that's why it seems so seductive. Well, it's,
1: it sounds like madonna.
0: And it yeah it know? just sounds so beautiful. Uh so belladonna is also known as deadly nightshade which yep. is
1: a um plant. And it's fucking deadly, guys. It is deadly. Like <laughs> it, it
0: is a poison that will kill you in large doses. It is
1: considered to be the most poisonous plant on earth.
0: Right. It it will in large doses it will kill. We're yeah. not even Hugely large doses. Um,
1: but In fact, relatively small doses will still kill you. But you
0: can go a long time using it in small doses just before death. you'll die. Uh, and women generally in Italy would use belladonna to make their pupils look larger. They did it in the Victorian era as well. Yeah, yeah, would well, yeah. be England, right? Huh? Well, Victorian era is just a time period, oh, but okay. it
1: could be. I'm an
0: idiot, guys. It's. Fine. I mean, primarily th- in Italy, but okay. also throughout. I'm sure it happened everywhere. I'm yeah. sure it
1: happened all like all throughout Europe. Yeah, because yeah. big pupils, looking like you're stoned out of your mind, was beauty. Well, I mean, scientifically, it makes
0: sense because yeah. when you see someone who you're attracted to, your pupils dilate. So yeah. it, it's it's. A thing, kind of, like, this very primal subconscious thing that when you see somebody who, like, has their pupils dilated, it's supposed to be a sexual desire. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's—it gave them this kind of, like, sultry, seductive look. So Belladonna worked by blocking the nerve receptors to the eye, which would cause your pupils to dilate. And it was used in eyedrop form uh, up into the 20th century. Yeah. But prolonged use can lead to blindness, heart failure,
1: coma, and death. <laughs> also, dry mouth, slurred speech, light sensitivity, inability to urinate, loss of balance, flushed skin, memory loss, confusion, hallucination, and death. Bad, bad, Which is bad. Like, bad. Bad, bad. Bad, bad, bad. It's, like, light sensitivity, no shit. Yeah, no, of course, your eyes are dilated. Yeah, like, when you're in a very
0: bright space, your pupils get super tiny. Or, like, what is it, like, when you go into the doctor, sometimes they'll put those drops in your eyes so they'll that they dilate,
1: can... They'll dilate your eyes. So right, they can, and they yeah. tell
0: you, like, they give you those sunglasses when you yeah. go outside because you're taking in more light.
1: Yeah, exactly. And at the time, it's, like, a lot of these people knew it was dangerous, but, like, fashion... Beauty. But but fashion exactly but yeah. like you do what you got to do right, but they were like yeah this is probably gonna make me blind and it's gonna make me go crazy but I have to do this I just have to do it it's kind of like when those um, eyelash serums first came into popularity and there were like a lot of uh, Latisse yeah and it could cause issues like, yeah but there's also like a lot of effects. DIY ones and things like that that people were doing well even
0: Latisse like. Back in the day, like I think that they've improved a lot of things now. Again, wait till they've gotten the kinks out before you do something. Yeah. Um, Now I think they're okay. But back in the day, I know Latisse could cause eye problems if it got in your eye.
1: Blindness. Yeah. Yeah, very scary. Should we talk about one of the male trends? Sure. So I was reading about this stiff high collar, which was invented in the 19th century and it was nicknamed the father killer as it could cut off blood supply to the corotoid. Coritoid artery. Sure, the stiff high collar made it so that men didn't have to change their shirt every day, which ew. Also, how? I don't know. Is it because it protects? I think it's just that it's here, and that they could wear like a
0: jacket. I don't know. I think maybe yeah, it's it protected them from getting stuff on their shirts.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. But so in um, 1888, the New York Times reported that a man named John. Cruzy had been found dead in a park. The coroner thought the man had been drinking, sat on a bench and fell asleep. And since his head lulled forward, the, the collar stopped his windpipe from working. But breathe. I kinda wanna like would your like self-preservation not
0: kick in? Like, you know how it's very hard to drown yourself? Yeah. Because like no matter how much you want to die, your self-preservation will kick in and but you'll what if like, he was
1: just that drunk. Well, the I mean, I guess if you're drunk, then that might like, make sense. The coroner says that his cause of death was asphyxia and apoplexy, which is like a cerebral hemorrhage or stroke.
0: I guess that would make sense. Because so he could
1: have also had something else, too, which then made his head roll forward. But the collar got like stuck in his cut windpipe. Cut off his windpipe. Interesting. Yeah. But the fact that it's called the father killer was just like jarring Maybe to me. don't fucking do it then. Yeah, I don't know. But I, don't think, but I don't think they knew. Like, I think, I don't know if it was, like, nicknamed father killer at the time, or if it was more of, like, one of those things down the line where they, like, don't wear these collars because they're the father Killer. Something that happened later. Yeah, that was just, that's the only one I think I really have that was, like, specific to men that I found really there fascinating. There
0: were some that I saw, but they were specific to men and women. Like, for instance, um, a lot of those powdered wigs and things that people would wear in the that Victorian era. That was the era, next or, thing I was going to um, talk about. Yeah. Or not the Victorian era, but uh, people would wear them throughout, like, the 1700s. Yeah. They would oftentimes be rat-infested. And that's not just women. Men wore those huge wigs
1: as well. Well, you're stepping on my notes here, Keegan. Well, you weren't fast enough. (laughs) Well, let's talk about powdered wigs, shall we? Yes, Since let's you do it. didn't bring it up, it's a totally new topic. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I get it. Louis XIII was credited for starting this trend. Uh, long hair was really popular, and the king was going bald. And he was like, this can't happen. So, they started making these wigs. They were usually made from the hair of horses or goats. Then they were waxed, perfumed, and powdered, but they were never actually washed. So, of course, like Keegan said, they were like mice and rat infested, as well as having a large amount of lice that were living inside of to them. To the
0: point where they would lock the wigs in, like, cages. Yeah. To keep, mi- at night, to keep mice from burrowing in them, yeah. nesting in them. Yeah, like,
1: think about, like, when you don't wash your hair and how nasty that feels. I'm also thinking about that being on my head. And also knowing that it's, like, piled high, especially for women, and in these intricate, like, braids and twists and things like that. Like, that is a breeding well, ground. Yeah, and oftentimes
0: the wax and things that they were using were, like, sweet, Oh, so yeah. it would attract
1: um, all manner of like flies and, <sighs> and uh, mice. And- my, did I ever tell you about the worst, one of the worst nightmares I ever had was that I was in my backyard of the house that I was in growing up, sitting on the fence and there was swarms of mice surrounding me and I will never that dream will never leave my head like I've had some bad dreams and that one will oh, never the worst leave form of me. torture that
0: I ever not maybe not the worst but the one that stuck with me growing up was the one where they would like tie you down and put a mouse on your stomach and then nope. put a bucket over yep. the mouse because then it would chew Burrow. its way it would chew its way it wanted to get
1: out so it would chew its way through your body form of torture gross Okay. Um so these anyway, these powdered wigs were worn until the end of the 19th century. Though today many judges and barristers in Britain and Australia still wear them to represent the monarch, but I'm sure they are not made of the same products anymore. Yeah, they're because... not they're not fucking disgusting. Nah, man. I'm going to pass on that one. Did you
0: hear about stitching eyelashes onto your eyelid? So before there were eyelash extensions, <laughs> In the 19th century, in order to get uh, longer eyelashes, some women would opt to literally have thread sewn onto their eyelids without anesthetic. It didn't exist at the time, so they would write and think about how gross that is. Because it's stars. just like e-
1: uh, needles on eyes and swarms of mice. Those are the things. Yeah, for needles me. on
0: eyes, and also mm. the, the sensitive area of yes. like your waterline and like the, the uh, that part of your eye. Would that
1: like cause like? paralysis of your eyelids well i didn't find anything that said that it it
0: caused paralysis but mostly it would cause massive infections oh yeah um crazy eye infections i
1: feel like if you were to hit like the wrong nerve in your eyelid that it would cause your eye to become
0: i I mean i'm sure you could lose your eye i mean especially also if it's infected badly enough you could remove your eye
1: yeah you'd have
0: to have it removed i'm sure to keep it from spreading if the infection got bad enough do you
1: remember when like those snake bite tattoos were really in I remember the piercings, not tattoos. Sorry, piercings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew a I knew a kid who did them himself in the middle of class. Dumb. And those that and tongue piercings. If you hit the wrong nerve, like you will become paralyzed. Yeah, you could fuck up your face. It's crazy. I can only imagine that with like your eyelids, it would be something like very similar. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, um, let's just go to the big daddy here and talk about rib removal. Oh God. Uh wanna yeah. talk about it? Let's sure. Talk about it. So again, the Victorian era, women would allegedly remove ribs to achieve a smaller waist. People still do it. Yeah. It, remove they ribs. would call it like their floating ribs. Yeah. They would have those removed. Um, there is a debate about whether or not this actually happened during that era as surgery in the Victorian era consisted mostly of amputations and the removal of external external problems. Yeah, I,
0: I find it hard to believe that they would be able to successfully remove ribs. I wonder if it would be like broken. You
1: know what I mean? A thing I would could break see them.
0: that. Yeah, maybe that. But, I mean, it's definitely a thing people do now. People remove their ribs now.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, in order
0: to achieve a smaller waist. Yeah,
1: yeah. That one, I don't have a whole lot of notes on it because I don't think there's a lot of explanation needed. Like, that one is just...
0: Well, I mean, any of that stuff, that it goes hand in hand with that extreme, like, corsetry. Mostly it's their they're one and... If you're doing the rib removal, you're also doing very extreme corsetry to try and achieve a very very small uh, waist and like an extreme hourglass figure. Yeah, the woman that
1: you discussed during our undergarments episode—did she have her ribs removed? Not that I read,
0: but I mean, possibly.
1: Yeah, because that waist was tiny. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also
0: to try and achieve a more like gradual because if you keep all your ribs and you're just squeezing in your waist. It's going to take a while. It, and it also gives you this very, like, almost a strange um, it's boxy. It's like
1: elongated and then it goes in.
0: Whereas if you remove those bottom ribs, it gives you kind of like a more subtle...
1: Yeah. I love that, like, Marilyn Manson, when they asked him about removing his ribs... That, that rumor. He just, like, laughed about it. He was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone's heard that, that urban legend. But a lot of people believe it. Like, it's crazy to me. Um, crinoline was real dangerous, you guys. It was invented by R.C. Malay in 1856. It was a Victorian trend that killed around 3,000 women because it is so flammable. And women wearing crinoline would also get caught in the spokes of of carriage wheels and get caught in large gusts of wind, which I'm sorry. That's hilarious, though. The image of women (laughs) getting swept away by
0: gusts of wind. (laughs) awful like i don't I just, want anybody to
1: die but like hilarious. No, okay this is long ago enough that we can make jokes about it but just like imagining it being like a hot air balloon just like whoosh like being floated away um but being stuck on a carriage wheel oh my god that sounds horrifying yeah death by
0: carriage wheel yeah no i don't want it at all speaking that- of horrifying things that fashion brought us dresses um hobble skirts. So hobble skirts were those skirts uh, in like the 1910s where they would go out at the hips and then they'd go narrow at the yeah. um, feet. And as you can imagine, with a skirt like that, it's very difficult to walk in. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's narrow around the hobble. So they were called hobble skirts because you would just kind of hobble along. And there was a woman who died in Paris in 1910 Mm. because a horse got loose at a racetrack (gasps) and ran through the crowd. And while everyone was running, she couldn't. (laughs) She couldn't run because it's not even like with a hobble skirt, you can't even pull it up because it's tight. If you were to pull
1: it up, it's still gonna
0: be tight. It's gonna get stuck around your calves. So, like (laughs) I'm sorry, it's not funny. The image is just very humorous. It's it's not funny. Like, these things aren't funny, but it's just so But she died! And it's so bizarre to think about like these fashion trends because, yes, while there are a lot of dangerous fashion trends that happen now, have you heard of mermaid not,
1: skirts? They're Can't not those either. Yeah, I
0: mean, mermaids are, but who it's not like such a common fashion trend that everyone is out yeah. walking around with no, mermaid true, it's skirts, true. you know what I mean? It's not like everyone is walking around with like really tight waist trainers on. Yeah, it's more the exception really? to have like very dangerous fashion trends happening yeah. than the rule. I don't know anyone in my day to day life who wears a, a waist trainer every day. I used to. Yeah, but I mean, it's just not like it's not the same as
1: everybody everybody doing it. No, I agree. I I agree. agree. It's
0: like people getting on board with like, yeah, we're all gonna wear these skirts that no one can fucking
1: walk in. Yeah, is like, why? I mean, at the time, it was like women probably didn't have to really go place to place. They'd be like, where are you going? But if I
0: had to go anywhere, I would be so
1: fucking annoyed. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> then they just hop in their carriages and go away. I guess. At least they but weren't imagine wearing...
0: getting into a carriage in a hobble skirt. But at How? least they weren't wearing crinoline and getting caught in the carriage wheels. Yes, that's true. You know, pick your bottles. I don't Cuban. know if I want to get caught in a carriage wheel or run over by a horse.
1: <laughs> Both are bad. <laughs> would you rather? <laughs> they're, bare- they're very bad. All right, let's talk about Chopin, which is a primitive form of high heel. I hope I'm saying that right. That was popular in the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth centuries, and it, it they were worn to symbolize cultural and social standing of the wearer. So basically, the higher the shoe, the higher the status. And, and these some are of the them, ones that were missing the heel, right? They're almost like platforms. Yeah, it's but it's mostly centered on like the, yes. the ball of the again foot kind area. of like yeah, yeah yeah. And some would reach up to twenty inches high, which is crazy, which meant that you would be twisting twisting a lot of ankles. Your balance was not great. People were falling down. And that one isn't so much like death, which I'm sure, you know, there could be accidents that would cause death. But it was like... Just impractical. It's you just stupid. You can't wear those things. Yeah. You cannot wear them. Okay, there's one more thing that I have written here, which is called muslin disease. And the name is taken from Mosul, Iraq, which is where they first manufactured this fabric. Yeah, muslin is like a thin, it's like a thin cloth. Yeah, it's typically used today even when you are making, um, like, dress forms. Mm -hmm. If you watch Project Runway, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So, it was common for women in the 19th century to wet their dresses before they went out. Although this was seen as very scandalous because it would show... Right, because it was a very thin fabric.
0: Bigger. Even if you didn't wet them, I think in, like, Jane Austen times, these dresses with this material were still popular because you could have the impression that you were being modest by wearing a dress that covers you up, quote-unquote, but the fabric was such that it was so thin that, like, it still outlined your body, and, like, if there was a gust of wind or anything, it would, like, really show, like, your legs and your body. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, wetting of this fabric uh, caused pneumonia and deaths to thousands of women. And I believe it was just the fact, from what I understand, the fact that the fabric was wet. But I would assume also that it would very much like cling to It's you. hugging your body. Yeah. And I feel like there was some there's something in muslin, like if you've ever felt it, it's a very rough material that almost reminds me of like when you're doing paper mache, mm-hmm. where it would like harden. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. There's something very, uh, there's something very like different about this fabric where it's not like a smooth cotton T-shirt getting stuck to your body. It's more like well, even a very then, binding effects. If you're wearing a cotton T-shirt that's wet
0: and you're outside in England where it's not hot, like it, you're gonna get pneumonia. you're gonna get
1: sick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was something that I I never even thought of before, and I found that interesting. That there's a whole thing called muslin disease. So. Should we, real quick, talk about some of the um, harmful beauty trends that are happening in today's day and age?
0: Well, let me talk about this one last thing, and then, yes, let's do that.
1: Let's do it. So, the only,
0: the last thing that I have to talk about, and I saved it for last, because this is one that I heard about whenever I was a kid, and people still make jokes about, tasteless jokes, but people still make jokes about, um, but still grosses me out. I will never forget an episode of House I Saw that featured this And that is the tapeworm diet. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, I know what episode you're talking about. I used right. to watch House religiously. They pulled the tapeworm out of her body, <gasps> oh. and it made this most disgusting sound. Oh my God, can you I hold, like, my, hand, hold uh, my hand, hold my hand, hold uh, my hand. Oh my God, I'm going to throw up. I'm out. having flashbacks. I watched that show with my mom every week, and I was young.
0: Yeah, it grossed me out. Fuck. It lives in my brain. I can still see it oh. in my brain. Everything in me is
1: clen- like clenching right now.
0: So there was a period of time when, and this was in the 20th century, like well into the 20th yeah. century, when women would um consume tapeworms on purpose. They actually sold them like in cans. You and uh, some you know, you could consume them. Throw up
1: um right now.
0: with the belief that the parasitic worms would make home in their intestines and then they would absorb any nutrients from any food you ate. So you wouldn't absorb any of the calories. You'd still be hungry. Um well <laughs> yeah you would still be hungry and also you're not absorbing any nutrients. Yeah. So eventually you are Going to die. die um, because the tapeworm is consuming everything that you eat. I'm remembering more and
1: more of this house episode as you go along.
0: Yeah. It's Ugh. it's horrifying. Okay. Um, so, and, and this was so scary and terrible because the only way to get rid of a tapeworm was to have surgery, to have it cut out of your body. Yep. You couldn't, there was no passing it or anything like that. It was, once they had made themselves at home in your intestines, uh... Yeah, you can eat and eat and eat and not gain weight, but Mm. you
1: will eventually die until you have surgery to have it taken out. Mm. So, the first thing that that showed up when I googled harmful beauty trends was the hashtag Kylie Jenner Challenge. Oh, yes. Yeah, same here. So... Back in the day, Kylie claimed to not use lip fillers. Well, she you like, girl, please? We can see your we face. We can see your face. We, we have know eyes. know what's going on. We saw you one day. We saw you the next day. We get it. So she claimed that she was using, like, suction to make her lips bigger. So these teens started the Kylie Jenner Challenge where you use, like, a shot glass or, like, a two-liter bottleneck. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Vividly. Seeing awful videos. And they would, like, suck in and use that suction Pull it away and their lips would be so swollen and yeah. swollen they are breaking like capillaries and things yes. like in their lips and it can cause permanent tissue damage it can cause broken blood vessels loss of function and numbness of your mouth like it's serious like it's bad like I've definitely had I've done that thing where my lips have gotten stuck and pulled but like it's never I, I mean, been like it, yeah. where I'm sucking and holding it for a minute if and you, you see images out. of this it's insanity or if you watch videos and see the pure shock on people's faces like that the thing. They looked I don't, scared. They were scared. And it's like, I don't think she realized by saying that what would come no, of, of that she whole didn't. epidemic. But that, it's like... That's the thing about the Kardashians is that
0: I don't they think don't they think entirely... They well, I don't think they entirely understand, even now, how much influence they have. Yeah. Which is why, you know, with the fit tea and things like that, like, you have to be careful what you're
1: promoting. Yeah, for real. Well, another thing that they promoted were waist trainers. Right. I was a nanny alongside another woman. We worked at the same time together, which is Hello Los Angeles, she wore waist trainers every single day. And this was supposed to kind of take over for any diet or exercise that you're not doing. And it was supposed to give you that hourglass Kim Kardashian figure just by wearing this waist trainer. And um, it, it very much is like a corset like bodice and you're supposed to wear it for most hours of the day. They can squeeze your organs together, meaning that there's minimal internal space. So it's very similar to a corset where you're basically mashing all your organs together. And the reason that your body is set up the way it is is because you need that space between your organs for them all to work properly. They don't want to be squished and squeezed into these tiny little things. And it's incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Have you heard about at-home Botox? Uh, yes. Botox parties. People have Botox parties. But it's not about Botox parties where there's someone doing it for you. You can actually go online. There are hundreds of websites. You can order Botox injectables to your home and you can do it yourself. You're a fucking idiot if you do that. I'm sorry. I'm not...
0: uh, I don't mean to be, like, judgmental, but, like don't don't do like don't do
1: it and also they say botox substance or similar you don't always know what you're actually getting just, in the box I implore you watch just a few of those episodes where people
0: have like had botched jobs like yep. there are tons of those where they're like I was going to this woman to get butt injections and she was injecting cement in my ass yep. and now I'm permanently damaged yep. from it you exactly know?
1: you have to be very very sure yeah I'm don't not, cut the cost like if you're gonna just like right. that save the money spend the money to actually have I'm, it
0: properly done because I'm not even saying not to do it like I'm not one of those people who's like don't get plastic surgery don't get fillers do whatever you want like but make sure you are going do your research go to the doctor make sure you're being safe because even the infection that can spread with just dirty needles is Horrifying, not to mention you're you're fucking around with this chemical and you don't know what you're doing. And you
1: are injecting it into your face. You're not applying it to your face, which is bad enough, but will eventually probably go away. You're injecting it into your body. Right. It could very easily get into your bloodstream. Dangerous. Easily get into you know, it don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't. Um Did you know that people will sometimes use like spray on deodorant for mega primer? No. Yes. Why? So, there's so many
0: good primers. <laughs> Go get a primer. I there know. There are cheap ones. There's no reason not get to... Get some e.l.f. primer. That's Honestly, Just like there is
1: fucking cheap, good makeup now. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to do that. So putting deodorant on your face causes clogged pores, which leads to blackheads and acne. And the fragrances can cause facial inflammation. But if you get this, these clogged pores and acne, you know what you shouldn't use? Toothpaste? Fucking Elmer's glue. Oh. Toothpaste was the big one whenever I was. Oh, I still do it sometimes. Is that bad? Yeah, it's not good for your skin. Uh, I don't do it often. But I don't I... know
0: if it's as bad as Elmer's glue, but... But if
1: I'm like in dire need and I don't have something because if I It will use, dry your pimple up. But what's the what's the chemical called in all the pimple creams like Clearasil?
0: Ben, so Yeah. Yeah.
1: My I get hives if I use it. Oh I see okay. So there are times where I'll be like, Or sal- I'll salicylic use a acid. little bit of yes, I'll just use a little bit of toothpaste. But I haven't done it in a very, very long time. Um so people are using glue to remove blackheads. Yeah, that's been a thing for a while. Um which I'm like I totally would have done that. Like that's something that I would oh, be dumb enough sure. to try like DIY. And I do absolutely this at home. would do that. Um just don't do it. Like it's not good for you. Even that like even if it's safe for kids that they can eat their paste however they want. Like it's still just really not your skin on your face especially is so delicate. Right. And I mean and, and
0: for these things it's not really like these are dangerous beauty trends. Like it's not like You're not going to Using die. deodorant on your face isn't going to kill you. It, um you know and in fairness like a lot of makeup will clog your pores and cause you to break out. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's just like, use a product how it's meant to be used. There's, there's a reason why
1: it's marketed that yeah, way. Yeah, and to me, it's like, there's clogging your pores and skin, and then there's using something like deodorant or glue, where, like what I said about the guy who was originally cast as the Tin Man, it was clogging his pores to the point where his skin couldn't breathe. I heard a story once, I think in college, of a guy who had a friend who went to like a football game and painted his face and his chest um, with whatever school, school colors, colors they had. And he fell asleep and he died because the paint that he was using clogged his skin so much that his skin couldn't breathe. Also, was he fucking covered everywhere? I don't know, but there was something, it was the location like on his chest or something that it was covered. Interesting. Where he died from it. Very scary. Lots of horror stories in the last few episodes that we've had. But, you know... Cautionary tales. We're here to give them all to you. Uh, You guys, that's everything that we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If there's any trends that we missed or things that you find fascinating, facts you want to add, be sure to email us. And please, please, please email us your motherhood episodes. Let me... Stories. Stories. Thank you. Let me double check what the date is that... I believe it's the 6th. It's the 6th. You guys today is the day may 6th is the day that we need all of your stories in by so if you have any motherhood stories that you want to send us for our motherhood episode please 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 send them out today please email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com you can direct message us on instagram at angry neighborhood feminist you can also catch us on facebook we have a group page and a business page you can rate and review us on our business page which would be really great but what would be even better is if you rate and review us on apple Podcasts. it makes everybody happy uh please also listen to us on radio public we've had a few issues with making sure that our rss feed is putting our episodes on places such as radio public and stitcher but hopefully by the time this episode goes up that will all be cleared out really it's a free way for you to help us out a whole lot and we really really appreciate it so keegan is that everything we have to cover twitter twitter we didn't do that on our mini episode (gasps) You guys, you can also catch us on Twitter. We are at YAMF Podcast. Y-A-N-F, Y-A-N-F Podcast. And thank you, Keegan, for catching that mistake. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> what would I do without you, Keegan? I don't know. It'd be crazy. <laughs> My life would just be in shambles. You guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. With all that being said, we encourage you to Hooray, rage on. Bye. bye.